0: Welcome back to the Marion Flaxman Network Podcast. On today's episode, an interview with Samantha Abrams. She's a coach, mentor, entrepreneur, and co-founder of Emmys Organics. She's also my friend. Our conversation today goes in a lot of directions. We talked about everything from founding a company to figuring out what you wanna study in college, to the impact of eating a spoonful of beans every morning, and also just the much broader topics of healing and personal growth. I know that this conversation went a lot of ways that I didn't necessarily expect, and also came back to exactly where I wanted it to be. And I'm positive that there's something in this talk for everyone. So, without further ado, my conversation with Samantha Abrams. Samantha! Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you. I
1: love being here with you.
0: And it's very thrilling because we are in a location that we both used to live Mm -hmm. and neither of us lives here anymore. I know. And yet here we are.
1: And yet here we are. It is the place that really has connected us. It
0: has. So let's start right there. I am very curious to know how you ended up in Ithaca, New York once upon a time.
1: Once upon a time. Well, I went to Ithaca College for school And I wasn't, I really wanted to go when I was a senior in high school, I really wanted to go to the University of Vermont. The only reason I really wanted to go there, I think was because we went on a beautiful day. The tour guide that we had was really cute and it just looked like the epitome of kind of this perfect college campus. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. There was just this vibe that I was interested in. Um, I got into Ithaca College later and honestly, my mom convinced me to go because I got a little more, a little bit more money to go. And also I had said, because at UVM, there was no dance program and not, I don't know about theater actually, but I said to my mom, okay, if I go to UVM, I really want to be able to take dance classes in town. And she was like, well, I'm not going to pay for that. (laughs) <laughs> so Find that an was another yeah exactly so it actually was really the right place for me to go was Ithaca College because there was an amazing theater department and I grew up as a dancer and I was able to eventually do a dance minor I went in without a major but ended up um, with a theater arts management major which was the perfect major for me I didn't even know it existed so it was kind of an amazing path for me I because I always was very interested in In theater and the arts growing up, but also have had a business brain, you know, my whole life. So that was perfect. Did a dance minor. And then when I graduated, one of my best friends from school, her name's Zia. She, who maybe you've met. Yeah. uh, She convinced me to stay for one summer uh, because, you know, we just graduated, you know, let's not go like find our career jobs or whatever that meant. And so, um, she helped me get some odd jobs and, so I was working at a restaurant. I was working at a winery, which was a cidery actually. And I just did that and was able to kind of see Ithaca as for what it actually is, you know, not the college town mm-hmm. view and so our perspective. And uh, yeah, I mean, the rest is history.
0: Literally. <laughs> Literally. And I actually, I think it's really important what you just said because You know, I have a teenage daughter and she has many friends and they're all thinking about college and there is this pressure to go into college knowing what you want to study and then like who you want to be. Oh my God, no. And I think so many of us have had the experience of finding a major that we did not know existed or like hearing about a job that you would have never heard of otherwise Um, while in college already or even after college. So I love that you shared that because I think it's not talked about enough that you can really go to college and even if you think you know, you may very well not know and you might find something that's a, a super perfect fit that you just couldn't possibly have heard of yet.
1: Totally. If I had to go back and give myself some advice at that age, I would have said just follow what you're interested in it doesn't actually matter if it doesn't make sense in the future because if you're doing the things that you're passionate about and excite you it's just gonna lead you to the next thing even if even if I there wasn't a dance major at Ithaca College but even if I had done that and then was like oh no I don't think I can actually be a professional dancer I don't know who knows what door would have opened you know and so I wish I had had that that advice given to me because there was that pressure and so I was like okay now that I found my major because I went in undecided now that I found it like this is what I have to do and I remember graduating and feeling that pressure for sure and then I was like I don't know if that's what I want to do
0: so I want to spend a little bit more time just talking about like the pre-college you and like who you thought you were going to go off and be because You and I have been friends, so I've heard some stories of just you being this very, like, fashionable and adorable, like, I don't know. I picture you as this fancy New York City baby walking around with a bow in your hair. Um, (laughs) And so I just want (laughs) to. Exactly. Right. This is the image. Yeah. And so I'm picturing like that beautiful little girl and Mm. then going to Ithaca, New York Mm -hmm. and then staying Mm -hmm. in Ithaca, New York, which is a big shift from New York City and sort of that vibe. Um, But I also feel like despite that shift, my perception of you is that you've maintained this sort of like beauty, aesthetic, fashion sense Mm. that I've always noticed that you seem to put things together nicely and have a sense for like things looking peaceful and tranquil and beautiful. So I would just love to hear about that little girl and and her initial experience of Ithaca, maybe, and then how you sort of merged those worlds.
1: Mm. I don't think anyone has really reflected that back to me in the way that you have. So I'm just, it's really beautiful the way that you said that, and I'm very touched that you see that in me. Um, I was a fancy, well, when I was very young, my parents, I was born in New York city and my parents, they were in the fashion industry. So they're shoe designers. And so when I was a very little girl, I had a lot of really cute clothes. Um, and I won't tell my whole like childhood story or anything like that, but we eventually moved to the suburbs. Eventually my parents got divorced and it was a very messy divorce. And it actually meant that um, our financial situation changed a lot as a family and money became very stressful. So it's so it's so interesting for me to look back now on, I don't know, just how that affected the whole system. And, and also there's so much conversation around money for mm-hmm. me that I just think is so rich and like like rich as in layered and complex. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting to go from... It was basically until the age of seven, like, I lived a very privileged life. I, I mean, I've always been extremely privileged, period. I've always had a roof over my head. I've always had food to eat. I could take dance classes and things, even if I knew there was stress to do it. Um, and so then, yes, to, like, come to a place like Ithaca. Well, and then growing up in Westchester County, where there are a lot of very wealthy people in general. Um, And then to come here, it's just like a very different community um, perspective around money and what's important. And I don't know, that's a whole other topic. But as far as my love of fashion and aesthetics, I think that was really imprinted imprinted on me at a very young age. And both of my parents, I would say, have great style. And that was very important to them. And so growing up, I always loved playing dress up. And I always loved putting on shows and uh, yeah, there is something about like, I also loved with food even. I remember my mom, if she was entertaining, she would put out appetizers or something and it would always be my job to like arrange them on the plate because I loved like the layout of it. I and when that. I was very, very young, there was a moment when I thought I want to be a food, food stylist. And it's just so interesting that I even had, I remember having that thought and then fast forward to my Emmys. Amiz- times when we've done all these photo shoots, like right. it basically was a food stylist in a way.
0: Um you had to like bootstrap the Instagram thing, I'm sure, at first, oh, right? Yeah, so yeah. there we you did are, it food all. styling. Yeah, there
1: you go. So it's just so funny. See ladies, you
0: can have it all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you can. So um yeah, and I guess that's just been a part of who I am. And I really see that like clothes and decor and all that stuff is just a part of my self-expression. I felt almost like different sometimes because of my love for style and aesthetics. And I definitely kind of uh, judged myself a little Mm. bit, like almost judging myself for being materialistic. Mm. um, When I really wasn't, it's actually just actually a core part of who I am. And now I've learned that about myself and it's really beautiful to have that freedom and just love that part of me, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: I love that. There's a lot there. <laughs> there. There is, and that's great. And I think it's interesting that you say that you had a judgment on it, that it might come across as materialistic. Mm-hmm. Because I can say that my perception of it was that it was not that. Almost that it was more like um, calming. Mm. That, like, for some people, and this is not me... Um, I I have no fashion sense. I have no idea. I had a recent like panic because I was thinking about getting headshots done and I was like, I have no idea what I would wear in a headshot because Mm. what is my costume? I don't know. Mm. Like, I just have no idea what my like personal look is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is it workout clothes? (laughs) Like, I'm just not sure. Like a chef's outfit? I just don't know. Um, But so when someone does have that like sense of like, they can go to a store and pick out like, this piece that feels like oh yeah this piece is so me yes or like this like pillow in my apartment is going to like pull the whole room together I always admire that and see it as like a almost like a meditative state or something that I just don't I have other things right I I can like lift heavy weights Mm -hmm. but like I don't have that that's not my thing so I think that's why I appreciate it so much oh my gosh
1: it's And that is exactly what it is for me. And it is a very natural part of who I am. And for pretty much everything that I own, for the most part, I could tell you a story about it. Because for me, like choosing the things to bring into my life is like a joy and I love it. Um, And so like literally just now I did a scan. I was like, okay, I remember I bought these sneakers on Abbot Kinney Boulevard in Los Angeles, maybe three years ago. This skirt I got at the Salvation Army in Ithaca, New York. And I remember getting it, I've had it for years. This top I got last summer, I ordered it from free people. And I remember it was like, a little bit expensive. And I was like, Oh my God, am I being like too, I don't know, I had a moment. Maybe it was two summers ago. Can't remember. But I wear the shit out of it. And I like, I was just thinking that this morning. And I was like, I'm so glad I bought this top. Yes. (laughs) You know, so I do have Yeah, there is something around that. Right. And
0: it's very intentional.
1: It is. It's very intentional. And I'm very specific about what I like and what I don't like. And it is really a joy. It's just like one of those things that bring me joy. It has nothing to do with the work that I do in the world. But it's very fun for me.
0: I'm going to challenge you on that because what I was going to say as you were talking about that is that I think one of the things that was true about Emmys from moment one, which is really when I saw it the most, most of my interactions with Emmys was moment one, is that it was beautiful. Mm. So I'm picturing right now the farmer's market stand. And obviously, the Ithaca farmer's market does a lot of heavy lifting in terms of beauty. Yeah. Right off the bat, you got this beautiful wooden structure and you're on the water and like life is good. Like it's beautiful. But there were glass jars, Mm. these beautiful glass jars, right? Yeah. And the truffles, rest in peace, great product. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Try the goji. Um, (laughs) They're on eBay for 10 million. Um, You know, they were in this beautiful box with a Mm. ribbon. Mm. And there are a lot of ways to like slap a sticker on a Ziploc bag. And that's not what Emmys was up to from moment one. Mm. And so I think that, beauty and aesthetic and this intentionality around appearance has actually been part of the brand and the professionality of it from the very beginning. And I, I think that you deserve a lot of credit for that.
1: I literally could cry because that, it, yes, you're so right. And it is, it's just such a natural thing that sometimes when things are so natural to us, we don't realize that other people don't have that skill, Hundred you know, and I never really Saw that as a skill. And I will say that Ian also, I think, has a great eye, great
0: taste. He does graphic design, He does, yeah. Yeah. He
1: knows, like, just balance. And even with his own style and, um, you know, when we've, you know, decorated homes and things. So, um, yes, I really appreciate you saying that. And that it was always very important to me that things looked pretty because that's just what I love to do. But I never thought about it as maybe an element of the company that really helped it thrive.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I think literally we always had fresh flowers. Yeah, we did farmers market stand. I would trade with. um, Yes, exactly. Plenty of posies. That is something that would just never occur to. Right. Just like someone like me who does not have that, sort of like raised and ingrained in them Mm. to value aesthetic, and but it does. It makes a difference. Yeah, it does. So that really
1: is so beautiful to hear. It's just not anything that anyone has ever. Like, acknowledged in this way to me. I, I mean, I have friends that are like, can you help me pick out an outfit or like, like style? You me, know, please. style. Yeah. You have a talent. Which I'm like, I'll help you with your headshots. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm like, Call me later. I know. I'm
1: like, any friends that like need, you know, to find the right, I don't know, sweater or whatever, I'm like, I will help you.
0: Um, yeah, this is me scanning my outfit. I bought this dress from Target kay. on my way to a wedding for which I had no outfit picked out. Great. And I'm barefoot right now because Great. I don't wear shoes if I don't have to. Right. Why I have to <laughs> and make that's that decision? The entire story of my yeah. outfit. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's pretty much every day is like I bought this in a panic and then probably on barefoot or wearing like sneakers
1: yeah yeah this is like an element of me that I actually like want to celebrate more in yeah, my life percent. Um, and I also happen to have the collection of designer baby clothes that I, me and my brother wore in my basement here so and I'm like I want to do something with these because Shadow I don't box, think they sh- them? yeah or like do some kind of art installation or take photos of them and find the pictures of us in the clothes like I'm just right now I'm in a space of being really fascinated with my family story, mm-hmm. and also yeah, like how I became the way that I am, and so you just like bringing that up, it's like that was ingrained in me at such a young age, and so of course, that's a part of who I am,
0: yeah, you know. It's funny that I'm going off script here. I have notes, but I haven't even turned to them because you keep saying things that are (laughs) bringing up other things. So I'm also, and we're almost the exact same age. Mm -hmm. We're like six months apart. Mm -hmm. I'm also in this phase of being really fascinated with like where you come from impacts where you're going. Mm -hmm. And so where do I come from? My family, my culture, my history. And So I love that. Mm -hmm. I love like honoring the baby clothes in some way. Yeah. Um, And maybe it's something about being like in your mid thirties. You just like reach this moment where you just become curious about your roots or your journey or. Yeah. um, For me, I did have a moment where I learned that one of my great grandmothers had died in childbirth at age 34. Wow. And I learned that when I was 34. Whoa. And I was like, whoa. Like I'm in this phase of life that so many women, because dying in childbirth, very common historically. Mm-hmm. So we are now in a phase of life that, you know, millions of women never got to live through because they fulfilled their purpose as mothers. And then, you know, there wasn't good hygiene mm. or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just like a really interesting phase of life to be reflecting on that. And I think it's so awesome that you have those clothes. And I would totally go to like an art opening of baby I clothes know. hung on the wall. Maybe it's I'm weird, like but I, I would go.
1: Something I have on the shelf, like for yeah. some time. I don't know when or how, but I just I have been thinking about it a lot. So. I love that. Yeah.
0: Okay, I am going to go back to my notes okay. just to make sure yeah, I don't miss out on anything. <laughs> so something else that I think is unique about you, in mm-hmm. addition to the many things that we just touched on. God, I
1: love this podcast. <laughs>
0: Wow! Welcome to the We Love You podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. But you know we do. Yeah. So I think that you're really a great self-experimenter, mm-hmm. someone who is willing to try new things, mm-hmm. who is always curious and exploring. And um, recently, I found. One time, many moons ago, Samantha and I did a juice cleanse. Oh my and I found the contract that we signed we with each to, like, other. I should frame it. <laughs> it is disgusting how many wheatgrass shots we thought we were supposed to drink. We are sick. It was yeah. like six
1: a day or something. Also, I loved the other agreements. Yes. But I, mean, I don't feel like we... We didn't keep pay... them. Yeah, though, it was it like,
0: was... we're going to rest yeah. and practice self-care. We didn't. We, didn't, we, we didn't definitely that just meant. like hammered wheatgrass shots and like ran <sighs> on adrenaline. Intense. It was very cleansing. I think but still in that beautiful innocent chaotic moment um, it really highlights who you are and who you continue to be which is someone who's willing to try new things Mm -hmm. and explore so I would love to hear a little bit about that and um, I know that recently you've been sharing a bit on social media Mm -hmm. about overcoming burnout Mm -hmm. um, which is really important Mm -hmm. and also I think part of this self-experimentation journey because you have to sort of realize that you're burning out, admit that something that you're doing maybe isn't working optimally, yeah. and then be willing to try something new.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, I've always been an experimenter. It's not, again, like not a part of me that I maybe recognized or celebrated in the past. Um, but now I'm like, wow, I love that piece of me, you know, and it's really led me to all these amazing different discoveries about myself and about tools and learning and all the kinds of things. Um, but at least with the burnout piece, it was in 2019 that I I realized that something wasn't right. The biggest warning for me was that I wasn't sleeping at night. I was mm. up for like three or four hours at night every single night for months. Waking? Wake. I would wake up and I would like try to meditate and I would do all the things they tell you to do. I would count to many hundreds. And I just wouldn't be able to go back to sleep for usually four hours. And it was extremely frustrating and I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, And of course, I've always leaned to healthy foods, like all the things, but I truly had like a deep sense of unworthiness. And I'm saying all this now reflecting back. I didn't know that back then. Right. And I, But what I did know was that I didn't know how to listen to myself. I knew that. And I would cry to Ian actually saying, I don't know how to listen to myself because I would get an invite and I would be torn because my body was saying no. I didn't know this at the time either. My body was saying no, but my mind was saying yes. Like you can't... Um, you, you might ruin this friendship, you know, mm-hmm. or like someone might not like you or, you know, if you don't go, you're going to miss out, you know, FOMO mm-hmm. or whatever. And, uh, even like with family, with work, you know, I just would never say no to work related things. Cause we were like, you know, intentionally growing the company. We did a lot of travel for work around that time, like 2018, 2019. And so we were like flying places for 30 minute meeting. Mostly it was me. I would go with a broker or something and do the sales meeting. And so it was a lot. Hmm. And I was trying to show up for work, for home, for friends, family, working out, taking care of myself, whatever that meant at the time. Right. But I was pushing my body so hard. And I, so I knew I didn't know how to listen to myself. And I did have an experience where I went to my doctor at the time and was saying that I was up every night and I didn't know what to do. And you know, as a very traditional even pediatrician, I think. Hmm. Or a family doctor, yeah, I guess. Family. I don't think not pediatrician. Um, and, you know, he wanted me to go to get like a sleep study done mm-hmm. where they would probably prescribe me medication. Right. And I just knew that wasn't right. And I'm so glad that I have that you know, there is that part of me that's really curious. The same with you when Aurora was born, you know. Um not when she was born, but when she had her allergies. And so I decided, okay, yes. So there's, I'm, I am a very loyal, uh, to be magnetic member. It's a membership platform that basically allows you to raise your self worth so you can have the things in your life that you want. There's a lot of online workshops and things, and like I've, law of
0: attraction kind of. No, oh, okay. It's
1: actually like, They intentionally talk about how that's sort of the old paradigm of manifestation where it's like, think positive and, um, you know, raise your vibration, but actually in order to have the things that you want in your life, you need to raise your self-worth in order to do that. You need to look at what's blocking your self-worth. And a lot of times it's around our childhood Mm -hmm. shadow things, decisions we've made about ourselves. So it's actually really deep work that has been put into a really digestible format online and like you can self pace and it's like a very affordable I love it. Um we'll put a link to it. Yeah, in we'll put the a link. Show to it. It. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I've listened to I started listening to their podcast before I even became a member in twenty nineteen. And I remember the founder, Lacey Phillips, she was talking about adrenal fatigue. Mm. And I had never even heard of adrenal fatigue, but I was listening to her talk about her experience and I realized, oh my God, I think this is me. And one of the things that she did to help heal it was the bean protocol. (laughs) Enter the bean protocol. Beans. Beans.
0: (laughs) Beans have entered the chat. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, And so at the same time, it's amazing how we are often provided the things that we need if we're allow, before allowing for that. A
0: truck of beans. Yeah. A truck of beans. Just, on your house. Yeah,
1: seriously. Oh my God. What am I supposed <laughs> the to do with all these? Eat them? <laughs> um, <laughs> what do I do with all these beans? Yes. And then I also at that time had a friend, uh, who had started seeing a somatic therapist mm. and was just talking about her experience. And because I knew that something wasn't right, I didn't know how to listen to myself. And I knew, I had learned from her that somatic was like really listening to your body. I was like, great, I'm going to do the bean protocol. I'm going to start somatic therapy and I'm going to join TBM to be magnetic. And I, that was really like my initial kind of path really end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Um, And it honestly changed the course of my life. Um, And so as far as burnout is concerned, not only did I heal my nervous system physically, mm-hmm. I also doing like inner child work really got to the root of why all of my self-worth was outside of me and putting put into the amount of work that I did, the amount that I was showing up for friends, the amount that I was working out at the gym, even the way I was eating, you know? And so... There's so much that I have I continue. It's not like an end there's no end to this. Mm-hmm. I continue to learn about my own patterns and the things that block me from the thing from doing the things that I want or allowing myself to have the things that I want. And it's really been an incredible journey. And I'm really grateful for all of it.
0: It makes me think of that, I think it's Brene Brown. She talks about hustling for love. Mm. It makes me think of that. Yeah. It sounds like you were hustling.
1: I was hustling for love. For love. That's really what it is. Even in like work and it's like, I, yeah, I just wanted, I thought that love came from outside of me, Mm -hmm. you know? And like now that I've learned to really love like all of the parts of me and that's a continuous journey. I'm no expert. It's like, but the world really shows up differently now Mm -hmm. and it's, wow, it really starts with us. Um,
0: so something else (laughs) that you said to me years ago, which really stuck with me, which probably you'll be like, Oh, I don't even recall saying that. But, um, one time you said to me, we can have it all, but we can't have it all at the same time. Whoa. And I think about that all the time Wow! because, you know, I have three kids and a husband and whatever i cook a lot and i work out and i do this i do that out of school and everything and it's like a something's got to give kind of thing Hmm. like you and it's also very the way that i hear it is it's very much like you can definitely have it all absolutely but like not today yeah like let's look at the week or the month or the year or the decade yes and figure out where you're going to fit all that in because probably today you won't get to everything on the list
1: right No, I think change takes time and it takes patience and it takes very consistent, even tiny actions. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you're like, I want, I don't know, this much money and this job and this type of relationship or whatever, it's like you can have all of those things. But it, yeah, it just takes consistent consistency. Right. And um, I do think that there are seasons in our life where maybe more thing some things are more important than others. Um, like even in the last, like since I've been doing the beam protocol, I have always been a very active person, but I haven't been like super intense about um, like building muscle in my body. And I've just had to really, and I kind of had to, to heal. I had to really do more low impact workouts and walking And I've been in a very gentle like workout phase of life. And I've had moments where I'm like judging because I thought, you know, to be in shape, you have to like bust your ass, you know. And um, I'm now in a place where I'm starting to feel like I'm ready to like build some more strength in my body. Not at all to like change the way I look, which that's a whole other journey. (laughs) Um, But to really just do life and feel strong in my body for bone density. Yes, exactly, which I know you know all about. So I'm just like, yeah, there's been a season where like maybe that wasn't the most important thing. I was healing myself. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, there can be t- there's a time and a place for certain things. To
0: everything turn turn turn. Yeah. So two questions from that yeah which blessedly are in my outline
1: and also i'm like wait we started with me being an experimenter
0: yeah and here we, <laughs> here are. we are we're experimenting <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. conversation it's like <laughs> jazz we're freestyling i love it so you know dr mark hyman i do okay love him love his work mm-hmm. he has very publicly and famously talked about burnout mm-hmm. and how in medical school he was like not eating well and obviously not sleeping Um, but he grinded through it and became this doctor and founded these holistic clinics. And now obviously he's a major celebrity doctor, but talks very openly about like the way that I was doing it was bad. Like I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have burned out. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have pushed that hard. I shouldn't have eaten that way, whatever. And I always experience a little bit of resistance when I hear that narrative because I think, but then you wouldn't be where you are today. Exactly. And so my question for you is okay, you built this company, right? You've been in it for 15 years. You obviously had to grind at certain points. You're mm-hmm. talking about flying places for 30 minute meetings. Mm-hmm. Bless your heart. Sounds terrible. <laughs> I hate flying, so yeah. that's me. But it sounds fun in other ways as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Exhilarating. It, yeah. Fun. At and the time it definitely unique was. and different. Yeah. But when you look back on that, and now you have these new tools beans, etc. cetera, <laughs> listening to your body. Um, do you think that you needed to burn out that like what you did was required for what you built? Or if you were coaching someone today, a woman starting a company, whatever it may be, would you have tools that you would implement for her that could still allow her to build and get to this level of success that she's looking for? But wouldn't cause her to have to totally Mm. burn her nervous system into the ground?
1: Yeah. I think that every single person has a very different journey. For me, I had to burn out because there were lessons that I wasn't going to learn. Like if someone told me, you're working yourself too hard, you know, like... Or my mom would always say, you're burning the candle at both ends. Because I, I was like this even in high school, in a way.
0: You're like, it's a really fun candle. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> what? Um, so I don't think, I don't, I can't imagine anyone at that time who could have told me to do things differently and for me to actually do it. Right. And I would say that for many people, entrepreneurs, it's not just women, um, that that might be the case for them, too that something really has to happen for them to realize, okay, I'm ready to make a change. Because that's the thing. People say they want to change, but they don't actually want to. They're still stuck in their operating system. Right, And it works. works. Because it works and and gets them certain things, you know? And a lot of people also, it's like, when you're burned out or you're really busy, it's like if you can't show up in certain ways, like you have a reason for it almost, um, even things that are really important to you, like yourself. Um, (laughs) Oh, her, you know, her, no, I don't have time for her. Um, too busy. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, it it takes so much to change the operating system. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and to do that work, it takes doing things differently, which is uncomfortable. Right. Change is uncomfortable no matter what. But, uh, if there are people that come to me and they're really eager to change and want to do things differently or they are starting a business and they don't want to burn themselves out because they are aware that maybe they have that tendency like that's different right so if they're like willing and open that's one thing but for some people it's like you just might need to run yourself into the ground and sometimes i was so lucky that i just had adrenal fatigue and i was right. able to reset myself like other people have serious health problems because of the amount of stress they're putting on their minds and bodies right so and all of this is feels like such a privileged conversation you know for me to even be able to have to reach out and have the resources I mean I am someone who found resources and not all of them cost a lot of money but I always recognize just my privilege in being able to choose a different path yeah so for a lot of people that's a lot harder
0: Yeah, I do reflect on that. I mean, I do have three kids and a lot of things in my life, but I don't literally have to work multiple jobs to feed my children. And unfortunately, the way that our wage and corporate structure currently is, that is reality for some people and for like moms and dads. Most people. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much like, but on the other hand, and you and I off the script have talked about this, but. It still is important. In fact, it might even be more important to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm coming at this from like a policy perspective and a public health perspective. A society where everyone is burnt out and running yeah. on adrenaline yeah. is a society that we're currently living in where everyone sees the person across from them as their enemy and maybe they're out to get me and it's red versus blue and everyone's angry all the time. And yeah. of course they are because they're barely getting by Yeah. and they're literally surviving and we are animals with nervous systems that are primed to behave in a very aggressive and defensive way when we are just surviving so i think that the burnout conversation needs to be elevated to a policy level definitely because it's not just the privileged who are able to take a minute to talk about it Mm -hmm. by the way beans are really inexpensive
1: they are. They're yes. a very affordable oh protein source. Yeah.
0: Um, so if they also heal burnout, like we're also going to link to the bean protocol. Yeah. Because, that would be great. you know, I think it's important to share that message. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't know if I, well, feel free to share a lot about that, but I would love to hear a little bit in terms of like, beans are controversial yeah. because they're not paleo, right? Quote unquote, yeah. like they don't make it into that diet they're eliminated on the Whole30 um, and I always found that interesting because the Whole30 does a good job of trying to be culturally relevant and mm-hmm. inclusive mm-hmm. and yet there are just billions of people around the world for whom beans are a major staple mm-hmm. of their diet so to cut it out would be a dramatic um, shift and would uh, make a lot and of like their traditional dishes yeah, yeah exactly um, so I'm curious to hear a little bit about just like using beans, not just for healing, but as like a balanced fuel source. It makes me think of the Tim Ferriss for our body. He has this mm. diet protocol called the slow carb diet mm. and it's big on beans huh. because beans are a great carb source. That's also really high in fiber. So they're slow. They're not mm-hmm. like blasting your blood sugar off, which you know, sends people into all kinds of blood sugar spirals and hormonal spirals and adrenal yeah. issues. So, beans and sugar, right? <laughs> let's let's get right to go. it. The two teams: beans versus sugar. Yeah. Um, eating in a way that makes you feel maybe, like you just said, not as intense. Yeah. But fueled in a steady way. Yes. Versus those very addictive, very exciting ups and downs. <laughs> So exciting <laughs> that are more like the sugar Miss feels. Miss you is. guys, <laughs> love you. Coffee with sugar, yeah. Bay, oh. yeah. S- so you know, tell me about that, and and like you're saying, change is hard. So yeah. making that change, maybe just feeling like it's time to make that change. But tell me about beans, yeah, and then maybe a little bit reflect on sugar and yeah, why beans versus sugar.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, also I'd say they're. Beans are controversial because most people can't digest them well. Right. And it's just because our culture is not a heavy, soluble fiber diet. Plus soaking, that makes
0: a huge difference.
1: That does, Yeah. Um, but so many people are like, "Oh, I can't eat beans because they make me so gassy," right. and, and um, the
0: magical fruit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm always like, "No, you read right. it wrong. <laughs> if you just ate one spoonful of them every single day, and then you know, after a week, did two, like you actually can build your body's resilience for fiber." Yeah. Um, and that is something that is talked about in the Bean Protocol. Um, and without, I'm not a scientist. I am not a dietitian. I do not have like the chemical uh jargon to really talk about this in a scientific way but you know soluble fiber basically helps you get rid of excess hormone activity in your body and so for me and also I will say I've learned this about myself I am a highly sensitive person so I when I eat things or when I'm even in certain environments I feel the effects of them not everyone is like that. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to eating sugar, that I can really feel how it affects me. And so for many years, even though I was eating a lot of healthy sugar, because I've always been like a healthy person, whatever this means, Mm -hmm. um, I was, I think, really numbing myself from feeling the fatigue in my body. And usually when I'm tired, I crave sugar. And depending, and now without awareness, I can be like, okay, I have stuff to do. I might eat a banana, you know, or like, (laughs) I'm going to have something or like sweet. Yeah. And I know that. um, But before it's like, I would literally prolong eating savory meals because I knew they were going to exhaust me Mm because it would tax my system Mm because I was just running on adrenaline, which, uh, you know, high impact workouts on an empty stomach, caffeine on an empty stomach, didn't do caffeine with sugar as much, but then maybe a smoothie liquid right. yeah. sweet
0: just instantly broken down Ooh. and then the head.
1: and like yeah. and waiting like not like working out and then waiting quite a while to eat and then trying remember, to be
0: in that fat burning zone i know or whatever i
1: don't even it wasn't even i don't even know i also didn't have a appetite in the morning that was something oh, yeah. that really shifted for me mm-hmm. doing the bean protocol i never craved breakfast hmm. so i'd like drink a smoothie slowly and then i'd have some chocolate and i would just be flying high Right in my emails, doing all the things, and then at a point, I would get so starved, and it maybe be 3 p.m. that I would go and eat something and it would be healthy, whatever that means. Again, (laughs) there's no one definition, um, and it would like wipe me, yeah. And so now that I'm aware of just kind of adrenaline and how Mm. that was pretty much what I was running on, it just I'm like, wow, I'm sorry, you. And so by, uh, in the beginning of the beam protocol, you tend to eliminate a lot of things. And I, I did resist doing this as someone who did do a lot of like dieting and cleansing in order to change the way my body looked like ultimately, even though I thought I was doing it for health. Right. Even when we did the juice cleansing, like I I was obsessed with the healthiness, but I also believe that deep down it was like trying to change my body.
0: Totally. It it was I know for me it was very much like, and if I get really skinny, just a weird side benefit. Yeah, totally. But like (laughs) Not what I'm in it for. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're just being really healthy. We're just healthy. Yeah. So um, I was a little hesitant to do something where I was like eliminating things. But in taking out especially caffeine and sugar, I was able to feel what my body feels like without any stimulation. Right. And by eating breakfast lunch and dinner wow. turns out like three meals a day and even some snacks <laughs> wow. i really was able to create this different like much better homeostasis in my body that yeah. was calm and i worked with um in the beginning unique hammond she coaches people on the bean protocol and so i worked with her for a month and It was really wonderful. And she's always talking about eating for calm. Mm. And so when I have a calm nervous system, meaning I'm not stimulated by different foods or even different environments for me, like if I'm in a really big crowd, sometimes I can get overstimulated. So when I'm calm, I actually can listen to my intuition better and I can, yeah, listen to my own wants and desires and I can just relax and recharge. And so it's really been amazing to see the impact of eating certain foods and, and now that I've done it, I was able to really build a lot of resilience in my body. So I was pretty strict with it for about a year. And it actually meant cutting out Emmys, my, my own product, for many months. And I felt really weird about that. Like, am I saying that they're bad or, you know, all these things. But now that I've built this resilience... I can eat sweet things. Yeah. I know when I want to eat them and when they're best for me. And I have like even our products because there's great fats in them. Like I know that's going to digest a lot slower. And so, um, I now continue to experiment. How does this make me feel? Oh, okay. Like, and I know. And so that was such an important part of my healing journey. And now even every morning I tend, I eat beans for the most part. I'm like, very chill about the way I eat these days, and I love it. I feel like I have a lot of freedom. But if someone were to watch me when I'm on my own, they'd be like, whoa, that's so restricted. It's not. My body craves real food that really nourishes me and my body. We're, we're one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're the same thing, me and my body. Isn't that funny? It took me many, many years to realize that my body and I were the same person. We're the same. I still work on that some days. Yeah. But yeah, I have that same tendency to that's separate. Funny. Yeah. Like... Head from body. Yeah. And it is a lot of pages in my high school journal were dedicated to the split between Mm. those two.
1: Oh my God. I'll have to tell you about, I do embodiment work now Um, and it's like that practice really brings me out of my head and into my body in a way. And it's very cool. I
0: love it. Um, that reminds me, I wanted to ask you like when you're eating, Mm. um, I notice myself here we are in this culture, go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like distracted eating. So, and I'm someone who loves food, right? Like I'm a chef, I love to cook, I love to create, I love for food to be beautiful and healthy and nourishing and from local farmers. But I still, I sit down to eat and I'm like, well, I should be reading something. Like I shouldn't like just eat. Like I need to multitask, so I'm being like productive. Um, But I also like hear that in myself and I think, I'm not really being fully present with my food, which means I'm not fully grateful for my food. So I'm curious, like, has that played a role at all in your transition, um, to like slowing down a little bit? Is there also like, so your carb source is slowing down, right? Beans, mm-hmm. nice, stable fuel, but is your, um, attitude around eating? Has it also slowed down?
1: That I'm really glad you asked that. Cause I haven't really I do notice that I tend to do that too, especially because I live alone now. And so I maybe want to like read something or like scroll online. And I do often stop myself or like put my phone in the other room and just try to enjoy. It's not like a mindfulness practice that I'd say I take on consistently at this time, but I actually am a naturally slow eater. I think I do just operate at a somewhat slower pace naturally you know, like even when like Ian and I would get somewhere and we need to get out of the car, like he'd be like out of the car and I'm like getting my things and like opening the door and he's just like, uh, you know, and he would always notice that and, yeah. and tease me. Yeah. So I do think that I am a pretty slow eater. Um, and there are times that I do just have to rush and I don't like doing that. So I'm going to think about that more. And But I do think it plays a huge part in being present with your food and enjoying it, chewing properly. Like I really do see that as a very healthy practice.
0: Yeah. I'm like you with like a history of, you know, cleansing and over restricting. Mm -hmm. So I have like, a for example, right now, like intermittent fasting is very trendy. Mm -hmm. And whenever I see something about it, I'm like, I should do that. And then I'm like, should I, you know, I, I really have to like always go back to like, maybe not, um, maybe men, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely easier on the male body. Yeah. There is this one female doctor who talks about like the right time of the month to oh, do it and stuff. So I, cool. I started following her cause I value that like framework. Yes. Um, as a woman, just the one size fits all stuff in the gym. Right. Diet wise, like okay. I've tried it and it just doesn't, it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. When I, you know, When I did the Bean Protocol and just understood about adrenal fatigue and how it's a hormone imbalance, I didn't know anything about my hormones. And so I read Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti Mm -hmm. um, or Vitti. I don't know how to say it. And I just am very fascinated by our bodies as like biological women. and. Uh, the four phases of our cycles and how like our brains are working differently. The foods that we crave are different, and yeah. so I love paying attention to that. And like, yeah, there's times when I have to go to a meeting when I'm like menstruating and my brain maybe isn't primed for connection and like outward energy. Yeah, and you just got to do it sometimes. Yeah. But if I can, or if there are things I can control, I really do try to like cycle sync in that way
0: yeah i'm on that i'm on that as well we do I, the best we can we do the best we can that's all we can do that's <laughs> all we can do my ideal my optimal day to record a podcast is during ovulation right also one time i was ovulating during a trade show and i was like this this isn't the best day of my I life on fire i'm like everyone here loves me i love them it's amazing <laughs> and i was so acutely aware that mm-hmm. it was so hormonal that i was so outward facing so willing to engage and it was very much because my animal biology was driving. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. And I I feel like we do a lot of disservice to young girls because mm-hmm. health class is all about the period mm-hmm. and no other parts of the cycle. I know. And all the benefits and enjoyment that can be taken from knowing the different phases of the cycle. Even just like, hey, maybe try to rest more during I think all the time about this tampon commercial when mm-hmm. we were teens. That was like, don't worry, you can still play sports as hard as you want during your period. Just shove this tampon in there and keep going. Right. And I'm like, why? Yeah. I don't really want to, I know. you know, like I'm just being honest. I don't want to. Yeah. Cool that it's an option. Yeah. But the commercial message was definitely like giving the option, but it was more of a should.
1: Yeah. Oh, and our whole society... I mean, oh my god, we could go into so many directions here. Whoa, we're gonna tackle society Whoa, here, the tackle, patriarchy. Here we go. Right. I mean, just even like school and work. It's yeah. like you show up at the same time every day. Right. Every so, and the men they have 24-hour cycles. Right. Our cycles are a whole month, so right. it's we're different people every week. Right. Exactly. And so um, I'm like, wow, what if there was like some kind of softness? I don't even know. I mm. don't have like the brain to think of how this could work. in society but I really do see how you know we've been we're put into these environments that are the same every single day but our bodies are not the same every day and so it there are times when it's like harder to focus and you're like why and then you're just like I'm gonna drink more coffee you know like I'm gonna fix this right because something's not right I don't know there's a lot there
0: speaking of things we definitely don't have time to go into but that I have to mention right now (laughs) I was very fortunate this past year. I was at Georgetown Mm -hmm. and they just bring in the most awesome lecturers, people, the faculty there is great, but Mm -hmm. they bring in people from all over the world Mm -hmm. to lecture. And this one guy came and he, I think is based in Texas and his specialty is like the circadian rhythm of Mm -hmm. the immune system Mm -hmm. and how human animals are creatures of light. And he did a whole lecture on like, curing infertility with light therapy Whoa. like putting women who were struggling to get pregnant on this light schedule and how just altering their circadian rhythms got them ovulating again Whoa. Um, he also has papers on disease presentation at different times of the day and what parts of the immune system turn on. So from being like a cleansing person, I had this sense that like the liver detoxes at night, right? I feel like that's like a common conversation in the detox world. It's mm-hmm. like take care of your liver overnight, but there's so much truth to that. And also every body system has on board circadian rhythms of their own in mm-hmm. addition to our own 24 hour clock and then like you just said as a woman almost like the moon cycle Yeah. um so it's just very fascinating how the more you tune in the more you can see that there are these cycles at play and that they're all connected and yet like they're all doing their own thing mm-hmm. so
1: they're not working together they're not
0: always working together and but the more you learn about them like one time my youngest daughter was sick and I just I noticed that she was so much sicker at night. Like mm. during the day, she was mm-hmm. almost completely fine. I feel fine. like that
1: happens to me too, when yeah. I have a cold or something. Yeah, exactly. Worse at night.
0: And so I, I did a deep dive into PubMed, and I ended up actually stumbling on a paper by this guy who I had just seen lecture, wow. and it was about the immune system and how it functions differently at different hours of the day. Um, you know, cytokine production, different at different times of the day. It's all very fascinating. Wow. We're very cyclical- creatures we are there is no like one stable fact about Mm -hmm. any of us even Mm -hmm. our immune systems
1: yeah I think there's a lot that uh we can learn from indigenous cultures because um I mean I know I feel like just a little bit you know around like the matriarchy and cyclical living like it's so built into those communities and I really think there's a lot we can learn there
0: A 100% also like respect for water Mm -hmm. land (laughs) actually caring about land and water this is a good pivot to um my wanting to ask you about being someone who has lived through a few different cycles um not just monthly cycles Mm -hmm. but life cycles (laughs) there have been many (laughs) monthly cycles approximately (laughs) once a month for many years but these life cycles Mm -hmm. and um you know, we're both in our mid-thirties now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was joking with you earlier. We both turned eighteen twice, mm-hmm. and so now we're in that I know, I'm, third... like, I'm
1: thirty-seven. So, are we? Am I still in my mid-thirties?
0: I think so. Okay, great. But That's I'm only awesome. thirty-six. Uh, I, so, you know, yeah. I don't know. I'm I was spring chicken, mid, late over here. Yeah. yeah, mid to late, mid to late. Yeah, but I'm like cool upper either. mid. Thirty-seven is a great number. It is. It's a great number.
1: Yeah, and it's actually astrologically, which is not an area I'm an expert in, but 37 is a year when you really like
0: come home to yourself. Oh, and look at you. I know. Right on time. Right on time. Right on time. So, I want to talk about like reinvention. All right. And you. Okay. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. It's a small topic, but you know, we'll touch it. Yep. So, you went to college. You weren't sure what you wanted to study. You ended up in arts management. You graduated. You met a boy. Mm -hmm. You started a company. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing that for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Now, nestled in that story of. Hi, I've run this company for 15 years, are many evolution cycles. Mm-hmm. I mean, the company grew and the way that you sold the products changed mm-hmm. and where you sold them changed yeah, hiring and
1: people hiring and, people yeah. and
0: your facilities changed. And from scooping them by hand to a machine, to a factory, to a much larger factory, mm-hmm. to having a marketing team, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So nestled within that sort of like, it sounds stable on paper. Like Samantha Abrams has had the same job for 15 years. Mm-hmm. There's lots of evolution
1: yeah, and cycles the in job. there. yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but I'm curious now because you're at another phase. You yeah. recently announced that you guys sold the company. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're still working there mm-hmm. in a big capacity, but you're entering this new phase where maybe you don't have to jet set as much mm-hmm. for 30 minute meetings, mm-hmm. um, and where you're trusting more people to be the voice and the face of the product and mm-hmm. to do product launches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that evolution and about what you see in your, you know, near to distant future in terms of those cycles continuing and shifting.
1: That's a real question.
0: <laughs> I There's like to keep it simple.
1: Yeah, really simple. Okay. Well. I think that something that me and Ian have done really well in growing this business together is that we always knew that we weren't the experts. And so we sought out a lot of advice from mentors, friends, like anyone we could get our hands on, honestly. So at first it was even people locally, you know, like we met with... Um, the owner of Regional Access, who's no longer with us, he was an amazing person. Um, and I remember him just explaining how distribution worked to us, and we were like, Oh wow, like we could really reach a lot more people instead of us literally like driving the product in the trunk, <laughs> yeah, or even like shipping to individual oh God, stores, drop shipping, yeah, yeah. So, you know and we just continued to expand our network as we grew and had access to more people And when we did start going to trade shows making friends you know with other people growing companies and learning so there is some something in both of us that we just did that naturally and I, and it i it's again something that i forget that is not natural right it's yeah. a skill right and i we definitely wouldn't have said oh we're good at this it's just what we did right same thing with even um you had asked earlier about being a B Corp. Um, You know, people are like, wow, what's it like to grow like an ethical brand, you know, with like a lot of heart and soul. And I'm like, it's just who we are. It's not like we were trying to do that. And so I think a lot of our instincts were really great. And like,
0: you're both wired for authenticity.
1: Yeah, I really think so. And so, um, and so then I think us knowing that we weren't the experts, we always... You know, or when we started hiring people to help us, it was like, oh, wow. Like when we're not scooping cookies all the time, like we can focus on other things. And I know for myself, I am not a natural scooper. <laughs> I did okay, it but for years.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the hand scooped mint chip macaroon is <laughs> an experience died. that not everyone no. will get to have in this lifetime. No. I had it. It probably was two cookies, if we're talking about serving size. Um, they Maybe were, they three. were hardier. It was three. Probably too wow. many.
1: So many people were like, why three? You were like, we It know. was an experience. Yeah.
0: And uh,
1: they were so They good. were so Chunky. Good. Yeah. Round. Dense. It was a lot. Yeah.
0: But the mint chip, it looked like a little ball of ice cream. I know. In the package. I know
1: um but yeah so i i scooped i scooped for years but i really learned wow i slowed down like again i said i'm a slower paced person like i'm here next to ian who's like a freaking machine and i'm like doing my best to keep up but it's not happening and i'm just like recognizing wow if there were more people like ian here who you know and maybe it wasn't scooping maybe it's packaging like just that hand-eye coordination of like doing repetitive activities like some people are really good at that and some people aren't so you know just recognizing okay if I wasn't if I'm not doing that like what can I focus on and really help with growing the business so we were not afraid to give things up Mm -hmm. it didn't mean that that came with mistakes or maybe hiring the wrong people for the wrong roles or whatever Um, but we continued to like want to put the right people in the in the right roles. Mm-hmm. And you know at a point when we could afford to hire even people who with like a lot more experience than us, we really saw the impact of that. And so we continue. There's so many people on our team that I'm just like you know so much so much more than I do about this. Food safety, ingredient sourcing, you know, even just like cleanliness, you know, in our facility, um even HR, like there's so many people and I'm just amazed that we've been able to find these people and have them on our team and that they want to stay i really i just said that yesterday i'm like what a blessing is it to have someone who wants to work for you and wants to stay working for you yeah um that's really amazing did that answer the question
0: yeah mostly just to to bring it home yeah
1: yeah let's bring it home
0: looking ahead okay yeah here you are and you've accomplished a lot yeah uh burned yourself right out sure did healed yep are healing, are a human yeah. and you're looking ahead to this next phase where you've stepped back a little bit, you've put the right people in the right roles, mm-hmm. you have like a community around you, a company, what do you see as potentially the next phase of your evolution? Is it mentorship? Is it additional entrepreneurship? hmm
1: Yeah. So I really want to continue to see Emmys thrive. And because even though we've had a lot of success, like we're still in the scheme of the industry, a pretty small company. And so I think there's so many places that we want to be that we're not, you know, so there's like a lot there. And I really want to help, you know, maintain the brand's authenticity and really share our story and really help grow the company that way. At the same time, I think it was in 2021 that I kind of put together that I am a natural coach and that entrepreneurs have been coming to me and in the way that I went to other entrepreneurs in my journey and still do. um, And giving advice and supporting like is something that really lights me up. That's a full body. Yes. And so I've just been at this point kind of dabbling in what that means for me. And so like I have some kind of life and business coaching clients that I'm working with on the side. I don't know if like one-on-one coaching is what I want to do in the future, but I really want to like as you had asked about like a legacy. You know, like, what's the legacy? I want to really want to support people in listening to themselves, mm-hmm. because I believe that when we do that, especially as entrepreneurs, we can really, I mean, create magic. You know, like the, in business with our teams, um, in, with the schedules that we want. You know, that supports ourselves and other people and so I still don't know what that's going to look like. I'm definitely just allowing myself to stay curious about it, but I'm definitely just on my path. And I'm really enjoying the one-on-one coaching for now. Um, but it's like, I love the idea of being able to impact more people. And there's only so much I'm going to be able to do working one-on-one. And I also am keeping Emmys as my main priority right now. Um, so so there's a lot there. I also have been, I do a lot of different work. I'm a part of different programs and platforms and communities around healing and growth. And I love the idea of even supporting some of my mentors and teachers as they grow their businesses, because Mm -hmm. I firsthand know how amazing they are. So I feel like there might be some opportunities for me in that world as well. So I think the answer is I'm really still exploring. And I'm now just in my life, really able to get to know what my gifts are and how I can make the best, be of the most service to the world, <laughs> to people around me. Yeah. And I want to keep following that. Um, but it's not all completely clear yet.
0: I love that. Yeah. I recently heard something described as um, s- taking a pause from eating from the buffet of life mm. and asking yourself what you're truly hungry for. mm and I was like, but I love the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's it's all you can eat. Yeah. There's so many options. Um, but I do think that at a certain point, the buffet has fed us well. Yeah. And we need to take a step back and say, okay, now that I've seen all the options on the buffet, what am I really hungry for?
1: Yeah. I think that what I've learned um, really deeply in the last two years is to be okay with the unknown Mm. we are so uncomfortable with not knowing you know and sometimes there are questions that maybe we just don't know the answers to right now and so we need to just be okay with not knowing and just allowing the clarity to come over time because it always does and now I have done this a few times with some really big decisions in my life that were extremely uncomfortable for me to not know. And I will say that my therapist really supported me in this. All of my practices really supported me in just staying present because my brain was like, "We got to figure this out. We can't be like this anymore. We need to know." And the clarity does come. It just it takes time. And so I'm definitely just allowing myself to be in the unknown around, you know, like my future vision and all of that um yeah and a lot other things in my life and it's like really a tool and a practice that I'm consistently working on is just being okay with not knowing so
0: I can't relate at all yeah. <laughs> what I'm no. just very okay I, just, I love I'm... I love the unknown yeah, yeah control so who needs it <laughs> it's it's amazing yeah Although I will say that having children has pushed those buttons for me. That's been my like
1: That adds a whole other medicine. layer that I don't even like fully know. It is, I,
0: but like, yeah. I don't know, having a company, it pushes that similarly, I think. I mean, different, but like a company could wake you up at night. A yeah. company could say, sorry, you can't attend that party. There's a crisis that has to be handled, et cetera. All these little things yeah. where it's like, you know, that saying like man plans, God laughs. Yes. Um, it's like man plans and like my children laugh in my face (laughs) (laughs) or like your company laughs in your face or like your body laughs in your face and is like, Hey, what about me? Yeah. So yeah, I think that that is medicine for all of us. Maybe it's like women in their thirties. Maybe it's like our whole generation. Maybe it's the whole planet right now, but I think that being okay with the unknown and controlling what you can and also just reflecting back what you just said like seeing your unique attributes as the skills that they are mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like oh, of course everyone's good at that right and it's so much easier to see it when it's someone else like i say to my teenager all the time like hey do you notice how you are just effortlessly good at talking to new people mm-hmm. and like running a room in a hectic environment and you're 17 years old like that's a skill and she's like no 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 no. Yeah. it's just it's just me right oh okay put that on the list yeah right of things that you would never notice so I think we've covered a few of those for you is like these things that you just go through life and it's just natural to you so of yeah. course but like they are skills yeah and they're so valuable
1: yeah yeah I love the way that you said that and I really I think it's so important for us to get to know ourselves. Like we're all so uniquely different and we have so many unique things to offer the world. And not that, and also there's nothing wrong with people who have, who want to have a nine to five job. You know, like it doesn't necessarily mean that you have as your career to do the things that you're naturally good at. You don't. You could go to work, come home, but then to know and and allow that to nourish you in another way. Right. Um,
0: That's a skill. That's a skill. I recently was thinking what a skill it is to not like – Compulsively think that every single interest you have has to be a job. Because right. for me, or I'm like, like, make
1: you money or like, exactly yes. like the right. whole like
0: Gary V side hustle, like, if you like it, turn it into an eBay store. It's right. like, well, you don't have to. Yeah. You could just be really passionate about boating and you boat on the weekends yes. and you pay for your boat with the job that you yes. have, which is like a thing that probably. Everyone needs, right? Like, I don't imagine that my cable installer is really passionate about cable. In fact, I know because I talk to everyone. Yeah, he's a hunter. Oh, and he's really into fitness. Wow, and he's super personable, and he's really into hunting. Mm-hmm. But like, he's not a full-time hunter. He yeah. doesn't own like a hunting eBay store. <laughs> I mean, he might. I didn't pry. Right,
1: right. <laughs> I guessing. pried, but not
0: for that long. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he installs cable, and I need that, and I can't do it. He knows how to do it and is good at it and it pays his bills and that's a skill.
1: Yeah. You know, just going back one step, I was just thinking when we started going to trade shows and like talking, there are always these like investors, like VCs and people being like, what are your goals? Like, what do you, you know, because, you know, how big do you want to be? And what, you know, do you want to sell the company? And like, we really didn't know. We truly started the company because of a passion. And we honestly, I don't think we didn't consciously do this, but we allowed ourselves just to kind of keep going. And then eventually the answers did come where it was like, wow, we would love to sell this company eventually and really like see it take on another life. But we're not in a rush. And so what does that mean? Oh, maybe we would be interested in investment. Um, We we didn't for 12 years take any money from investors. and. So it just allowed us to do things, I think, in a really unique way. And so many people are always like, I can't believe you did it that way. You know, there's no one path for everyone. And it's okay to be in the unknown.
0: Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> okay, so I have two bullet questions right. to finish with. The first one's kind of a throwback okay. to the healing conversation. okay, um, Because my experience of healing is that it's so not linear. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, in your healing journey from burnout um, or even emotional things can you reflect on a setback that you had that maybe felt like wow maybe I'm never gonna heal like maybe I can't do it and then how you moved through that Hmm. or have you had a setback
1: I certainly have had setbacks but it's not anything that ever had me stop Or consider stopping. Yeah. If I'm really thinking about that, I think that I've learned enough. And even because I've been so blessed to have support, it's like really understanding that setbacks do happen, that this does take time. And to allow things to unfold, like I just had to trust these other people, even if I maybe didn't fully believe them. Like, especially when I think about when Ian and I were navigating the shift in our relationship and we were like, oh, wow, like, are we going to stay together as a couple or what? And there were so many, like, really hard, like, questions and to look at that. And that was something I wanted to figure out right the fuck away <laughs> because that was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and there were times when I'm like, will I ever figure this out? Figure this out. Right. And I just continuously was told to wait and be patient and luckily he was my teammate in that and we, we waited and we really slow about this whole evolution of our relationship to now being really good friends and business partners and so I'm grateful for that because that maybe wouldn't be the case for other couples um, and so there were times when I didn't believe that I would we would come to a conclusion um, but I con- was reminded over and over and so it did happen you know and, and the clarity did come and we were able to really work through that together so yeah. that's the yeah example that came to my mind first, but...
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, okay. I love that. Okay, great. I also love because there was a bullet point on my list that it just says partnership and partnership. And mm. I think that without me asking, you got there. Yeah, so
1: partnership and partnership. Good
0: job being list psychic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my final question okay. is, what are you grateful for?
1: Oh, oh my God. I am I'm so grateful for my entire journey and where it's led me I'm grateful for all the really hard things that I've navigated in my life in my childhood because I believe that because of that it's given me the awareness that I have today and I'm so grateful for the awareness that I have so I can keep learning in this world and being of service to others there I could go on forever because I love a lot of things that I have. I love the people in my life and the job that I have. But I really think, yeah, grateful for my journey. And I'm excited to see where it goes.
0: Well, thank you. I'm excited too. Yeah. And I'm obviously deeply grateful to you Mm. for being here and... You know, I was very excited when I asked you to join me, but a little bit nervous because I think that I know you well enough to know that you wouldn't be here if it weren't a yes. Full body yes, yes. Yeah. So I was very much like, no pressure. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, but I'm very, very glad that we made it happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm super grateful to you for coming and speaking with me today and mm-hmm. also just for being a part of my life for the last 15 years. I know. Because it's really, um, I've witnessed your journey mm. and you know touched it a couple times mm-hmm. and such
1: I mean that alone could be a whole other podcast it's a whole other podcast like how you I and Aurora might, came and oh like oh my gosh helped us yes. and yeah
0: I may have to share that photo that I sent you, you definitely because it's just There's too precious so, so so many good and
1: I also just want to acknowledge you for really stepping into something new I know how hard that is and you are such a natural like conversationalist like your questions are so amazing and you're such a curious person and so I always love talking to you because you have so much knowledge and I'm just so happy to see you finding an outlet for it that's very natural in my mind and so like I just love seeing you doing this and I love that I got to be a part of it today
0: Thank you. Yay. Yay. Thank you once again for listening to the Marion Flaxman Network podcast. For more information on Samantha and her work, please visit emmysorganics.com or samanthaabrams.com. For more information on me and more episodes of this podcast, please visit marianflaxman.com. This podcast is produced by Brain Trust Productions and sponsored by Informed Solutions Consulting. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next time.